you know, praise is the highest form of prayer. So I think before we get into teaching tonight, we just need to praise the Lord just a little bit more. Let's just thank Him that He is good. He is good. He is faithful. Lord, we pour out our praise to You tonight. We thank You, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That Your goodness, Your mercy endures forever. And Father, from that place of praise tonight, we ascend unto the throne room of grace. And we offer You praise. And now, Lord, we can... Oh, yes. Now we need Let's just pray right now. And let's just ask the Lord to show Himself strong. Lord, we ask You to show Yourself strong in this day and in this age. Oh, You said over in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 that it is time for the church to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has come. So Lord, right now as a church, we lift up our voice as one and we ask You for Your glory. We ask You for Your manifest presence, not just here in our midst, but all over the earth. Lord, let Your goodness be seen. Show Yourself to be strong. Thank You, Lord, for signs and wonders, haha, for miracles, for the gifts of the Spirit. As a church body, we say we desire, we desire earnestly the best gifts. We desire the gifts of healing. We desire the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Oh, Lord, it is my so let's just spend a few minutes here, just a few minutes praying out of our hearts. Letting the Lord know we desire, oh, we desire you to manifest yourself. Lord, it's for the for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the lost and the dying world around us. Let there be Let there be a greater illumination of you shining bright through us, through the church. For we know, we know, we know, we know, we know that darkness is covering the earth and dense darkness of people. But the Bible says that you, O Lord, shall arise upon us and your glory shall be seen upon us, the church. Time, 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 time for my church to be the church. Time for my body to shine with my glory. Oh, those that sit in darkness, may they see you. May they see the light of the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And even in that same chapter, in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3 out of the Amplified, it says, And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Our nation is being encompassed about with darkness. But we can declare that here, even in our nation, there shall the light of the glory of the Lord arise. And people will begin to turn away from that darkness. They'll realize there's no answer in that. There's no peace in that. We believe it's already beginning to happen. That there is a turn. So let's just pray for that just for a minute here. Lord, we thank you that there is a turning happening in our nation. That people that have been walking in darkness, they're turning, they're turning, they're turning to the light. All that abikatra, all that perverseness, and all that spirit of the world, it loses its luster, it loses its appeal, and people turn from their wickedness. Ha ha ha! Woo! Turning, 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 turning to the light. And we thank you for that change happening in our nation. Sabrina, help me pray about that just for a minute here. You've got an unction on you. Pray about our nation, the turning in our nation. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. You are turning things around. Yes, you are. You are moving on hearts right now. Let the light of your love shine. Let the light of your love so shine that it turns the heart of your people, turns the heart of your children. Turn, turn. you turn, turn it around. Lord, won't you turn, turn it around. As your church arise, oh Lord, just turn, you just turn hearts around. Oh, let the light, oh, just turn, turn. of faith rise up in our hearts right now more of you and less of me more of you and less of me so the light of love can shine through so the light of love can shine through to turn the hearts of your people Turn the hearts of your people. Shine through us now, Lord. Shine through me now, Lord. Shine through me now, Lord. 
so people can see you, so people can see Jesus, the lover of their soul, the lover of their heart, the lover of their lives, Lord. Turn, turn hearts around, Lord, you will turn, you will turn hearts around. Yes, Lord, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands one more time and just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Turnaround is happening in people's individual lives, happening in the church, happening in our nation. You truly are the God of the turnaround and the God of the breakthrough. We give you glory for it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Just felt that unction to pray at that point and just let that come forth. Thank you. Thank you all for your help. Praise the Lord. You can be seated out in the congregation. And we do want to say welcome to our class on praying with all manner of prayer. How many of you were here last week? Students, trust you were all in your classrooms for the session prior to this one. And so you'll, you'll remember our golden text for this class is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Want to read it out of the Amplified Classic. Praying at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. With all manner of prayer and entreaty, to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all God's saints, saints, God's consecrated prayer people. So all manner uh, is, is a way of saying or every kind of prayers. This passage reveals to us that there are various kinds of prayer. In our last session, we covered the prayers of commitment and consecration. Tonight, we're going to look at the prayer of petition. And uh, there's many other prayers we'll be looking at as we uh, continue in this session. But let me just make some statements up front about prayer in general. Prayer is the privilege of every believer. And we should all have an exciting and a fruitful prayer life. It's not just a chosen few that can have this kind of a prayer life. And prayer is not some woohoo's far out strange, you know, ministry. Now, of course, there are people that have given themselves more to prayer and they may be developed a little bit more in that aspect. But prayer is a lifestyle of every single believer. And we should all develop our prayer lives. Prayer is simply this. Let me give you a few little definitions. Prayer is a humble entreaty. The lesser bowing to the greater. 
humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. That's what prayer is. Going to the one that is greater than us. The one that we know can help us in every situation. The one that we are assured of does hear and answer our prayers. Prayer is literally just fellowshipping with the Father. It is also heartfelt communion with our heavenly Father. Now for com- for communication, I said communion, heartfelt communion. And that reminds me of communication. For communication to be effective, it needs to go two ways. For example, if you're married and you've got some things that you want to share with your spouse or perhaps you just have a good friend that you want to share some things with and you say, we need to meet, we need to talk and you do all the talking and you say, I need you to do this and I need you to do that. And I need you to quit doing that. It's irritating. And then before they can even open their mouth or respond, we jump up and say, okay, feel better now. I got to go. No, that's not communication. You talked, but it wasn't communication. When we do all the talking. So when we pray, we need to make our requests known unto our Heavenly Father. But we need to also be still after we pray and lay our request out there and listen and receive and respond to what He may be telling us. He'll give you the answers. Well, we can see for sure that Jesus is the greatest example of the way to pray. When he walked here on this earth, his disciples obviously saw a power in his prayer life. They saw him. They heard him pray. They must have seen something about the way that he prayed that made them realize, hmm, he knows more than I know about this subject. He's got something that I don't have. Over in Luke chapter 1, verse 11, this is actually um, what the disciples said to the Lord. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Is that the cry of your heart? Lord, teach me to pray more effectively. Lord, let me see what I don't see. Lord, open my ears, my spiritual ears, that I may hear what I am not hearing. Learning to pray effectively is one of the most important things you will ever do in your Christian walk with the Lord. A man of God said this, It's more important that men learn to pray than that we gain a college education. Now notice, he did not say that having an education is not important. You get as much education as you possibly can. But he said, learning to pray is more important. 
Education is training our mind. That's good. That's wonderful. But prayer is training our spirit to hear and to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When we have both, we can make an explosive power for God. How many of you want to have explosive prayer life? Hallelujah. Well, that's what prayer is. Now, prayer is not this. Prayer is not the last resort. Some people have this attitude about prayer. Well, we've tried this and we tried that. Nothing's working. We better pray now. And it's like, oh, no, this is really serious. If we're going to have to pray now. No, prayer should not be the last resort. Not the last thing that we think to do in a difficult situation. Or the last thing that we do. It should be our first response. Be a first responder to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to pray. Amen. And prayer is not to be dead, dry, vain repetitions. Jesus warned his disciples about that. Oh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. He's giving them a lesson. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he begins to give them some instructions. Here in Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, do not use vain reputations as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So many people bound in false religions. That's what they do. They do these repetitive prayers, these rote prayers that they repeat several times a day without any power or connection with our Heavenly Father. That's not the kind of prayer that we want to pray. Jesus said that's vain repetition. All the Pharisees, all the Sadducees, they'd go into the synagogue and they'd put on all this stuff and they'd pray loud and they wanted people, all this pomp and circumstance, they wanted people to see how religious they were. And Jesus was not impressed. He didn't want to hear all of that religious jargon. He wanted people to pray out of their hearts to Him. Effective prayer doesn't come out of our head. It comes out of our heart. Prayer is like a circle. So many things in the Bible are a complete Circle And prayer is one of them. What begins to happen is that we need to locate what's in our heart. The petition that you want to present before Him. Locate it in your heart. Then you lift it up to Him. Then the answer comes down from Him. And then you return the praise back to Him. It starts here. It goes up. To him, he brings it down, and then we give him the praise for the answer. Prayer is a beautiful circle. Hallelujah. And this prayer of petition that we're talking about tonight, we're going to get into some more details about it. The prayer of petition. Petition defined literally is this an earnest request. Or entreaty. An earnest 
request, or entreaty. Another definition says this, a formal written request made to a higher authority. This indicates that we need to take some time in preparation before we present our request to the higher authority, our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Hopefully none of you have been involved in a legal battle, but most likely some of you have. And if you've ever been involved in a legal case, you want an attorney that's well prepared. One that has gathered lots of facts. One that knows the law. That presents the case with confidence to the higher authority or perhaps the judge. You don't want somebody going in there just half-cocked and unprepared. And, and you know, the judge begins to ask questions. Well, when did this incident happen? And, and why do you think that you're innocent? And the attorney is like, oh, man... You know, I don't remember what they told me. Or, you know, I don't know if they're innocent or not. No, you want them to be on your side. And you want them to be prepared with just the facts, right? You want them to have the facts straight. Well, if it's that important with a natural petition presented to a higher authority like a judge, how much more should we, when we get ready to present our request to the Father, be prepared. Sometimes we pray too quick. Now I understand if you're in a life and death situation or in a crisis or an emergency, you need Jesus and you need him now. And sometimes all you can get out is Jesus help. And he does hear and he does answer. But when it comes to laying out specific requests, we need to take our time and we need to uh, be diligent in our preparation. So what's involved in this? Well, number one, and these aren't all of the, all of the uh, facts or all of the things that are involved, but it's the ones I felt to cover in this class. So number one, we need to decide what we want from God. Be decisive in what you want from God and you want Him to do in your situation. Wouldn't it be strange if somebody went to a supermarket and they wandered aimlessly up and down the aisles and maybe they put a few things in their basket and then they took them out and then they went down another aisle and wandered and wandered put a few more things in there and then they went back and took them out after a while if somebody a security guard or someone was watching they'd probably call the authorities and say I think we got a loony person in here we got somebody in here that can't decide what they're going to buy I think you need to come and get them well you know what when it comes to us offering our prayers before the Lord he wants us to be decisive decide what you want from God based on his word not some strange far out thing because of something you ate weird the night before and you had these strange dreams that you know God's going to give you 10 million oil wells so you go and ask him that that's probably not going to happen you know if he does make sure you remember Heart of the Bay Christian Center and send us a big check but anyway no normally (laughs) 
the desires, what we're talking about, decide what you want from God is based upon the word of God and what he has promised. And once you see the word and the promise, settle it down and don't be wishy-washy about it. In James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, it says this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and he's unstable in all of his ways. That same passage out of the passage translation reads like this. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute, you're tossed down the next. I think we've all been in that position where we, you know, we, we have faith in our heart, but then this doubt begins to bombard our minds. That's why he used the term, don't be double-minded. You can have faith solid in your, in your heart, but the battlefield is going to be your mind. Once you have decided, you have to school yourself into faith so that those thoughts of doubt that come won't overtake you. Amen. We are not to be mind controlled. We are to be spirit led. And the only way that we will be spirit led and settled and fixed on our decision is to feed our heart faith. Amen. And that leads us to the second point of laying out this prayer of Petition, And that is to meditate on scriptures that promise you the answer. I know this may seem very basic, but we all need to be rehearsed and refreshed in the fact that God wants to hear and answer our prayers. When we do our part, when we act on his word, we can be assured, amen, that we're going to get the desired end results. So we need to meditate on the scriptures that promise the answer we're asking him for. Does anyone know what Joshua 1.8 says? Well, it's very familiar, I'm sure, to many of you students and those listening to me. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. What does it mean to meditate? It literally means to mutter to yourself or to talk to yourself. You know, people say, oh, you, no, that's not right. You shouldn't be talking to yourself. You do it all the time. But then instead of saying bad things to yourself or about yourself, 
Talk the scriptures to yourself. Say what God says about you. And meditate upon the word of God. As we feed upon his word, we build it into our spirit. Then in a time of need or in a time when tests or trials come, what we have on the inside of here will sustain us. Remember when Jesus was led into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil. Every temptation that the enemy threw at him, you know, bow down and worship me and I'll give you this and I'll give you that. And Jesus was hungry and he tempted him. Why don't you turn that stone into bread and all of these things. Every temptation that the enemy threw at Jesus, his rebuttal to it was, it is written. It is written. He could not have stated that if he didn't know what was written. And if we don't meditate on the word until it's just so strong on the inside of us, when the enemy throws doubt and worry and fear and anxiety at us, we won't be able to rise up and say, oh no, it is written. But when we do, and he says, you're not going to get what you're asking for. We rise up and we speak the word. It is written. Amen. He says your kids are never going to serve the Lord. They're never going to come out of the world. Those grown children. No, you rise up and say it is written. Me and my household shall be saved. It is written. Blessed is the fruit of my womb. Get yourself an arsenal of the word of God. So when those thoughts come that don't line up with what you're believing for, what you're requiring, Questing of the Lord, you'll have a weapon to come back with. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to find scriptures that cover our case and meditate on them. Some of you may need healing in your body. There's so many scriptures that tell us that Jesus is our healer. Meditate on those. Feed on those. Some of you may be facing a financial crisis. Well, he is our provider. And he promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Some of you may have requested to him. And you've laid out a a petition of prosperity. A petition of being blessed financially. Back that up with scriptures. Find the scriptures that cover your case. And then maybe, you know, I think I mentioned this in one of our other sessions, but as I was praying today, it just came up again. It's probably for some of you students. And I believe that this is really important. There's some single people that are watching or sitting in some classrooms today and you're believing for a godly mate. Well, find some scriptures to stand on. One good scripture is this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, out of the Amplified. It says, Now the Lord said, It is not good, sufficient, satisfactory, that man should be alone. I will make him a helper meet 
suitable, adapted, complementary for him. I like those words, suitable, complementary for him. Now, sometimes people may be in a relationship and they might think that they know who they want. We have a real good minister friend of ours and he was in high school and he was dating this girl who was not sold out to the Lord. His parents happened to be pastors and he knew really in his heart he was supposed to be in in ministry and he brought this girl home one day and his mom just started saying, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. She knew she wasn't the right choice for him and After he took her home, he said to his mom, Oh, but mama, I want her. And this is what she said to him. You might get what you want, but then you may not want what you get. I thought that's good. You might get what you want, but then you may not want what you get. Reminds me of of a story too. God knows All you single students out there, God knows the right person for you. And so find scriptures to stand on. And don't be like this one young pastor. He was pastor in this small church and he was single and there were these two young ladies in his church. One was just very pretty, very beautiful, very attractive. And the other one, she wasn't so very much, you know, to look at, I guess, not very good looking, but she could play at the piano and she could sing. Now in the denomination that I grew up in, it was kind of an understood fact that if you were going to be a good pastor's wife, you needed to be able to sing or play the piano. The great ones did sing and play the piano. I have a sister. She's in the ministry with her husband. She's a great pastor's wife because she can play and sing the piano. She's older than me. And there, then there was me. I couldn't do either. But anyway, this pastor was in this dilemma. Do I marry this gorgeous woman or do I marry the one that can play and sing the piano? Play. That can sing and play the piano because she'll be such an asset to me in the ministry so he decided I'm going to get the one that can play the piano and sing so he marries her the next morning after the honeymoon they're sitting at the breakfast table he looks over at her and he goes "Oh, sing woman sing (laughs) anyhow I don't know where that came from. Just to make sure all you students and everybody are awake. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. God will give you both. He'll give you a suitable helpmate. And one that you're attracted to. And it will also work for you single women. God has a husband for you that will value the gifts that God has given you. And you can serve the Lord Together, My husband and I have been serving the Lord over 40 years together. And I'm just so thankful for a man that honors the gifts of God that are in me. We are what I like to call the dynamic duel. We're the Thomas team. We don't compete against each other, but we complete one another. And God will do the same thing for you. Well, that was just a little extra, but I believe it was for some of you students out there. So, meditate on scriptures that cover your case. And then number three, ask God for the things 
you want. So we've decided. We're meditating on the scriptures. And now it's time to literally ask him for what we desire. And some people will say this. Well, doesn't he know what I need? Well, certainly he does. Matthew 6, 8 tells us this. Therefore, don't be like them. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. The Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. So some people will say, well, since God already knows what I need, why do I need to ask him? Because the Bible instructs us to. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, this is, again, some instructions from Jesus. He says this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. How are we to ask? Not wondering if he hears us. Not doubting we'll get the desires of our heart. Not fearful and tearful. How are we to ask of the Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked. The answer is found in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And we want to look at this from the Amplified. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. Don't you love those powerful words? confidence boldness assurance how do we approach this throne room of grace the bible tells us in hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 that we are to come boldly before the throne room of grace come in full assurance knowing that you are a blood-bought child of god Knowing that you are the righteousness of God. You have right standing with Him. And you don't have to sneak into the throne room. You don't have to crawl into the back door. No, He said, come boldly with full assurance. Knowing that I love you. Knowing that you are my child and you belong in the throne room hallelujah you belong there it's your right and it's your privilege to come and to ask of the father the things that you desire of so often people don't pray with boldness they don't pray with confidence they don't pray in faith because they don't know the scriptures well enough they don't know what he has promise but that's not me 
And that's not you. You're studying to show yourself approved unto God. You're looking into the Word of God. And the more that you look into the Word of God, the greater the vision of who He created you to be, the greater the revelation that He has a plan and a purpose for your life will be fulfilled. It will be branded on the inside of you and that will cause you to rise above the circumstances of life. It will cause you to know that He hears and He answers your prayers. It will cause you to walk in confidence not in who you are but in whose you are knowing that greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Confident that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is us. And this is how we respond when we know what the Word of God says. John 5, 1 John 5, verse 15, again in the Amplified, it says, And if we sense, positively know that He listens to us, In whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us our present possessions, the request made of Him. How many of you know that you know? That God hears and answers prayers. How many of you are fully persuaded? I know in whom I have believed. And I know He's able to keep what I've committed unto Him until that day. I'm fully persuaded. I'm absolutely convinced. That my Father loves me and He's got good things in store for me. He knows the plans that He has for us and He wants to reveal them unto you. And He will. And once He reveals those unto you, it's just like this confidence comes to you that you are convinced that neither the devil, neither nothing's going to be able to separate you from the love of God. And nothing is going to be able to take you off course. The enemy will try. He'll throw his best shot. But when you are standing, standing firm on the promises of God, you're like, no, I am not going to be distracted. I am not going to be deterred. I am standing in the promises of God. I'm walking out his will and his purpose for my life. I'm confident in Him. Hallelujah. That's the way we live. And that's the way that we pray. We don't pray from a place of, ah, what's God going to do? You just never know what God's going to do. Sometimes He says yes. Sometimes He says no. Sometimes He says wait a while. Scripture in verse. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. That's the way that we pray with absolute knowledge. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Take a praise break. Thank you, Lord. Woo. (laughs) For who you are and who we are in you. Glory to God. 
Now the last point, and we'll just spend just a few minutes on this. The last point in praying our prayer of petition after we prayed it, after we've asked, we believe that we have received the moment that we pray. Now most of you have heard of Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. He's one of our spiritual fathers. Even Dr. Jim Caseman went to Rama Bible Training College. So did uh, my husband and I. And so it's a lot of people think that Brother Hagan wrote this verse that we're going to look at. No, but God gave him revelation on this passage of Scripture that caused him to rise off of a deathbed. At the age of 17, he was at death's door. And God gave him the revelation of how he could rise and be healed. How he could believe and receive his healing. It's found in Mark 11. We'll look at verse uh, 22 through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believing is a vital part of receiving the results and the answers to our prayer. But so is saying. Jesus pointed out to Brother Hagin, he said, notice in verse 23 that the word say us saying something is used three times and the word believe is used one time jesus said we're going to have to do three times as much saying as we are believing we don't discredit believing but have you ever noticed how hard it is sometimes to speak the word it's real easy to talk about the problem it's real easy to speak negative words and full of doubt and unbelief and then you know that you need to rise up and speak the word and say what he has said but there's sometimes it's just like your flesh will just go i don't want to do that let's just talk a little bit more about how bad it is let's just talk a little bit more about all the problems so easy to do that I think that's why Jesus said we need to say to the mountain and he didn't say talk about the mountain he said speak to the mountain and sometimes that mountain can just be so towering and look so big and you're there in the shadow of that mountain and it's hard not to talk about it. But that's when we rise up in faith and we say what the word of God says. And we believe that we receive those things that we have asked them for. And when do we believe it? Do we believe it when the manifestation comes? No. Believe that you receive when you pray. Right now, 
when you pray is when you release your faith and when you believe. And I don't know how long it's going to be from the time that you say amen until it's here it is, the manifestation. But don't waver. Stay in faith. And one of the best ways to keep yourself in faith is to praise the Lord. Give Him thanks for the answer. Amen. So I think, as a matter of fact, we should all stand there in your classroom. You guys stand up. And let's just give God some thanks right now. I know many of you are believing for some things. You've believed and you're in that that point of standing, in that point of waiting for the manifestation. So one of the things to do in that period of time is praise Him. So right there where you're at, right now, just lift your hands and lift your voice with me and let's just thank Him. Oh, Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for Your promises. We thank You, Lord, that Your ears are open to the prayers of your saints. We thank you, Lord, as we have laid out petitions and requests before you. We thank you that the answer is ours. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're by the word says with prayer and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto him. So, Lord, we just want to catch up right now with some of our thanksgiving. We've all prayed prayers, but now we're just going to thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> for the answer. Thank you, Lord, for the manifestation. Hallelujah. 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 Now, before we close, I want to give you another little quick scripture. Can you handle one more? Hallelujah. Yesterday, or we were recently having a meeting with our staff and praying, and this scripture just came up so big in my heart, and I believe it applies to praying the prayer of petition. When we pray, when we stretch our faith God, and ask God as big as we can believe, He says this to us. He says, I'm going to honor your faith, and I'm going to do even above what you are asking for. And that scripture is Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified. Now to him who by and in consequence of and the action of his power that is at work within us, he's able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. Listen to this. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So I want to leave you with that. That you have asked and God says, I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly above your highest prayer. So I want to encourage you expect. Expect Him to come on this scene and do greater than you've even asked for in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.